What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast. This is episode two of season two. We are joined this evening by a special guest host, Hill Club's in the building. What's going on, Hill Club? Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem, man. No problem. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we ran into a little bit of an emergency, and um, I am very thankful that Hill Club was... Uh, was ready, willing, and able to help us out. Uh, Kurt and Brandon are indisposed at the moment. Um, so Hill Club has uh, has agreed to guest host tonight, and uh, we're going to have some fun. What we're going to be doing is uh, what we do every week, talk about wrestling. Duh. No, I'm kidding, man. Duh, yeah. <laughs> how, was your, uh, how was your week, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you know taking care of some things in the process. But, you know, that's how it is. Every morning you get wake up and you thank the good Lord that you're awake and breathing, and then you got to go on with your day. You can't just sit around and be mopey. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we could, but... Uh, yeah, we could. It doesn't get anything solved at the end of the I day. I know, right? It delays the inevitable, you know? It delays <laughs> the problem when you do that. Yes, yes. Um, my week was pretty good, man. Um it, it, I mean, nothing really changed. Nothing really happened. I, actually, I take that back. Something pretty monumental happened for me uh, this oh. week, um, and it and it may seem small to some of the people listening, but it is it is absolutely huge to me. Um, I got out on sometime this week. I can't remember exactly what day it was, but uh, for the first time, used my white cane um, since receiving it outside of my home. Um, I've been kind of training myself here um, in my home and, and, you know, walking around, closing my eyes, using the uh, the cane. I still need to go through uh, O&M classes to learn everything I need to learn to get the best use out of the cane. But I did get out uh, this week. And I got to tell you. Yeah, man, I saw that stick on there when you were posted on Facebook. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's I mean, I can I can tell that my site's getting worse, even since my last trip to the ophthalmologist, which wasn't even three months ago yet. Um, yeah. I can tell changes, but I can tell you this, man, it felt good the other day to uh, walk uh, from uh, where I'm at up to the hill. And uh, I walked, uh, walked to the store and I was able, and this is going to sound funny, you guys, but, if you if you don't service or service if you don't <laughs> if you don't uh, deal with any sort of visual impaired uh, issues you uh, you may not understand what I'm about to say but it felt very very good to be able to walk and look up without worrying about falling over something um, yeah you know because usually I walk with with my head down watching where I'm stepping to make sure I don't. Uh, I don't hit anything. That's how bad um, Hill Club. I know you. You don't. Um, you're you're another state away, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how bad my my eyesight has gotten, man. Uh, which is one. Now is that be which is, is that because you have like uh, anymore, so? Is that because you have like cataracts or something like that with your eyesight too? Um, no, what I have, um, I've got a genetic eye disorder um, called retinitis pigmentosa. And a lot of oh. people, when I was younger, a lot of people thought I was making that up. Because, I mean, honestly, if I heard somebody just say that, I'm like, yeah, right. Come on, man. What is that? 
Yeah. Um, but and that's in both eyes. So it affects both eyes. Um and then in my left eye, I've got macular degeneration, which um the best way I can can explain it is like there's this uh shady cloud in the center of my left eye. So if I cover my right eye and if I'm looking at you, I can see some of the things around you, but if I'm looking at your face, I won't see your face. Uh, see, that's something. Someone said that my mother had something like that, but that she wasn't. That's the wrong diagnosis or anything. She's got cataract in her eyes, and she's had one operation with one eye done, and the next one is has cataract in it too. But it's like little floaters that sometimes would pop in her eye, and they would float around with her sight at times. Oh, it would be like a fog, like, but like if it's a, well, I mean, the flows when the shots and everything, but yeah. um. Like it depends on like the brightness or the darkness of the lighting too. It affects your eyes as well. That's from the cataract, and I'm blind in one eye. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, um, Shep says that uh, that his mom has has uh, an eye disorder, and he's not sure what is what it's called. Um, uh, Shep, first and foremost, Shep, thank you for joining the show. We appreciate you listening. Um. Tonight's a little unusual. Um, Hill Club is a faithful listener here each and every week, and we really appreciate that. He's been on a few times. But the other two hosts are indisposed this evening. So uh, he jumped on, Hill Club rather, jumped on to give me a hand. I hit him up and asked him if, if he would be willing to put on the cape and, and help me out in the jam. And uh, <laughs> he did that. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I hope. Uh, everything gets better for your mom. Unfortunately for me, uh, retinitis pigmentosa, there's no, as, as of right now, there's no cure for it. And there, there is no exact science right now of, of things that will slow it down. Now, of course, you know, as with pretty much, uh, a lot of things, I should say, not everything, but a lot of things we eat healthy and do the right things, you know, that obviously helps our body. But as of right now, there's nothing that's proven to even slow it down. So, um, and it progresses at a different rate for different people. Um, some people it progresses rapidly and it's very aggressive. Other people it's more uh, dormant and progresses slowly. Mine, I was diagnosed, um, late teens, early twenties. I can't remember. Um, and from then until about maybe 10 years ago, um, it had progressed rather slowly. I mean, I could tell some things, but um, nothing, nothing really, really bad. Um, but then in that 10 year span, uh, this past 10 year span, it has really, really progressed. And, um, you know, I, I see it at night, pff, forget it. I haven't driven at night probably in 10 years. Um, but then it became an issue for me being able to see with my peripheral seeing, you know, trying to get over a lane, you know, I, I almost have to turn my head all the way around to see what's behind me. And that's not safe in and of itself. No, it's not. Hey, <laughs> what's going on, Bobby? Thank you for joining the show. We appreciate you stepping in. Um, but yeah, so this week I was able to get out with my white cane and I, I will be honest. It, it, it was, I was very self-conscious um, because it's the first time I've been out with a cane you know, at that point with the white cane, people know that there's something going on with you, with your vision. So I was a little, little self-conscious, but man, I didn't quit. I, I kept going and uh, 
went to the store, did what I needed to do and, and came back home. So it was, uh, it was really good, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know what, Hill Club, I, I did not even watch any football today. Did you watch football? No, there was no football on this week. Oh, Next week, right. Super Bowl. That's remember. Yeah, uh, that's why Brent, that's why Brandon's not, you know, uh, whining and complaining about football this week. Yeah, yeah I absolutely forgot about that. Damn, the Super Bowl is next week. Well, think of it this week. This week is just a relaxing week for everybody, and then it's just a little preview because next week is the final time we see football this until August. So, hey, who you got? Uh, that's, do you think he's going to win, San Fran or Kansas City? Well, if you'll remember when we did our football special um, several months ago when the season – well, it was before the season kicked off, I think. Um, I picked Kansas – if I remember correctly. Now, I can go back and listen. I may be wrong, but I believe, if I remember correctly, I picked Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, now, I wouldn't mind – seeing um Patrick Mahomes win another one and you know I, I I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna say this and then I'm gonna leave that the subject that I'm about to speak on alone I wouldn't mind seeing Travis Kelsey get another ring either just for all the bullshit that him and Taylor Swift have gone through for the last two weeks um <laughs> that's all I'll say about that I'm gonna leave it alone because this isn't the forum that we discuss that shit in that I know <laughs> um so yeah, uh with that said, uh I did pick San Francisco to win. What about you? Who you got? Well, I mean, Kansas City was a given this year, I think of the way how things were. And I, I was almost like hoping San Fran would have won last week and I was like, Okay, they're gonna lose to Detroit and this is gonna be a, mir- a miracle in Detroit that they go to the Super Bowl and I was like, That's it. But then San Fran came back. I was like, you know what? I think San Fran's going to pull out a miracle. They're going to pull out a miracle, and they're going to beat Kansas City. I got a feeling. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have mind seeing Detroit go to the Super Bowl. Um, so I, in that game, although I, I had picked San Francisco to win the NFC, yeah, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been upset with Detroit going for the first time. That wouldn't have bothered no. me at all. No, because it's a, it's a new team, and nobody would expect that team to actually have gone that far. They, if I, you recall in the regular season or preseason, did anybody think that Detroit was going to be one of the final four teams? You know, I can't remember who I picked to win that division. Um, I need to go back and listen to the episode <laughs> and see how well I did. Um, yeah. So, folks, what we're going to be talking about tonight um, – Look, this is wrestling, right? This is a wrestling podcast. And what's dominating wrestling right now? The talk about Vince McMahon. So we're going to get kind of the latest news on that lawsuit. I'm going to take a look at a Rolling Stone article uh, to give some some updates. And, um, you know, talk about how John Laronitis fits into that and some other things. Uh, we're going to talk about um, what Mick Foley said in his in the last Foley's pod. Um, oh, yeah, I seen that a couple of days ago and on YouTube. I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. He wants one more match. Yeah, and man. I saw how I saw how his face lit up when he was on there. I was like, oh, my God, he's actually serious. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll talk about that. Um, then we're going to talk about uh, the, the build for WrestleMania 40. Uh, what happened this past Friday on SmackDown, 
and uh, how people are reacting to that, uh, stuff yeah. like that. So, um, you know, we'll spend a little bit of time on that. And then we're going to hop in our, our time machine and we're going to travel back 40 years to, to, to February 4th, 1984. And we're going to be watching um, an episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, I do know that the episode includes Magnum TA and Mr. Wrestling number two. Uh, that's in the description on the network. So we would like for you all to join myself and Hill Club uh, when we watch that. So go ahead. If you have the WWE Network now, go ahead and power it up. And uh, go in and... Um, and select Mid-South, uh, go into the territory section, and select Mid-South. It's going to be Season 6, Episode 5. Season 6, Episode 5 of Mid-South Wrestling. So go ahead and, and cue that up and get it ready for, for when we take a uh, take a look at that. And without further ado, Hill Club, I guess we'll kick this off. Let's kick it. All right, man. So... First thing I'm going to read is an article here from Rolling. Well, let me back up. I shouldn't start there. Um, yeah. I, I want to address something that uh, I did last week with uh, regards to this lawsuit. And this wasn't prompted by anything. Nobody, nobody said anything. This is just how I felt once I listened to um, our broadcast back um, mm-hmm. last week. I, I I use humor a lot of times in uncomfortable situations. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing in most cases, but it's just something I do. But when I listen back to that, um, I laughed at, or I made jokes about some of the things that are, that are mentioned in this lawsuit. And I want to take a moment to apologize to, I'm not going to call her name right now, but... Um, I want to apologize to the young lady that um, initiated this lawsuit and the other women um, that are are a part of the federal investigation, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. Um, I just want to apologize uh, for doing that. I didn't mean to belittle the situation or make light of it. And I'm certainly, certainly not getting into victim shaming. I don't play that shit. So, but over the past week, uh, some more things have come up. Uh, if you remember back in, I think it was September of last year, uh, federal authorities raided Vince McMahon's house. Now, the word raided is uh, used and thrown around. I don't know how exactly it went down. I'm, I'm fairly certain it was, uh, you know, calm and, and Vince complied with everything. Well, sure. I hope so. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think even his grapefruits are gonna are gonna uh, take a back seat to to the federal government. But mm. uh, in, in that uh, raid, they did uh, secure his cell phone. So this could get interesting. Um, yeah. With with that, who knows what information he may have kept? A- alleged information he may have kept. I want to be careful there saying that. Don't want to get myself. Yeah, I know. You got to be careful or else, you know, somebody would be knocking on your door next. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah, we we know that that happened. And um, I'm not sure what else that they they pulled from the McMahon residence or the Vince McMahon residence. Linda is uh, supposedly in Florida. But anyway, 
Uh, so uh, we now know that this is a, a full-blown federal investigation. We didn't know at first when, when the raid happened back in September. Again, I think it was September. We didn't know then um, if, if that was related to the investigation on the hush money being paid out uh, to these ladies. Uh, we didn't know if it was you know something else. We, we didn't know. But now we know that it was related and is related um, to that situation. Hill Club, let me ask you, man, as as a fan, um, I know we talked last week on the show about being able to separate uh, the personal life of Vince McMahon from the wrestling product. Um, but as we talked about, the, or as we've seen this week, I shouldn't say talked about, as we've seen this week, um, this shit is getting, it's, it's like a snowball going down a hill. It seems to be getting yeah. bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, it may cast a black eye on uh, professional wrestling. Um, uh, inadvertently, because of that, uh, UFC could be affected. TKO as, as, a, as a whole could be affected. Um, possibly even Endeavor. So let me ask you, what do you, what do you think with all this stuff that we'll talk about? Well, I'll tell you what, before I ask you that, let me go ahead and read this article. Yes. Uh, go ahead. The article was written by Daniel Kreps on February 3rd, 2024. Vince McMahon under federal investigation amid sexual assault lawsuit. Uh, it's a short article, so I'll read the whole thing. Uh, WWE founder Vince McMahon is under federal criminal investigation amid sexual assault and trafficking law or let me back up and start again. <laughs> WWE founder Vince McMahon is under federal criminal investigation amid a sexual assault and trafficking lawsuit filed by, by former employee of the wrestling company. The Wall Street Journal reports that the now former TKO group chairman has been the subject of a federal probe since 2022. Okay, so this goes back to 2022. Right? Yeah, there was. I guess there was more to the story about that, but That's it right. wasn't really published. It did kick off in 2022, didn't it? Yeah, it started as like in the late. Wasn't it late 2022? And then I think it was summer, either late spring, early summer, something like that. Uh, yeah, like, man, time has flown by. Uh, but anyway, uh, subject of a federal probe since 2022 following a wave of allegations against McMahon. As part of a federal warrant that was issued, McMahon had his cell phone seized by the authorities. In 2022, McMahon announced he was stepping down from the WWE after, inter after an, an internal probe that found allegations of hush money payments to a former employee with McMahon allegedly paying $3 million to the then unnamed female, a WWE paralegal, to keep their, and this is in quotes here, quote-unquote, consensual affair private. Following the investigation, he returned to the WWE in July of 2023. However, in January, that woman, uh, Janelle Grant, who was hired in the specially made role of quote unquote administrator coordinator in WWE's legal department filed a lawsuit against McMahon. WWE head of talent relations, John Laronitis 
and the wrestling company outlining years of alleged uh, sexual assaults. Uh, last part here. Among the allegations in the lawsuit is McMahon, is McMahon's demands that Grant make herself sexually available to both himself and Laurenitis, parenthetically, who is also named in the suit, as well as unnamed, quote-unquote, WWE corporate officers and a, quote-unquote, WWE superstar. Grant also hmm. accused McMahon of degrading her and in one incident said that he named oh, – let me back up. <laughs> Grant also accused McMahon of degrading her and in one incident said that Mc, said that named and Laurenitis locked her in an office and raped her. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, Grant is one of five women who are cooperating with the federal investigation. The other women include a former WWE female wrestler who claimed that McMahon coerced her into oral sex, a former WWE referee who publicly accused McMahon of raping her in 1986, and a spa manager who said that McMahon assaulted her at a California spa. Uh, while McMahon denied the accusations in the Grant lawsuit, he resigned from his chairman role with TKA Group soon after. So, that said, Hill Club, um, how do you feel as a wrestling fan um, hearing all this and and everything that's in that lawsuit and the allegations? How do you feel as a wrestling fan? Well, as a wrestling fan, it makes it takes you look like. You want to go back a little bit. Remember what you said between Vince McMahon as a character and as the person himself. Didn't most wrestling fans see this as Vince McMahon, the character, a few times in like Raw or SmackDown, how he was flirting with all these other women, cheating behind his wife, behind his back and everything like that. And it gives you like a detail after when you see the hear of this. I'm like, wait a minute. He was really like that after all this time. And they had help from Laurenitis, who was his right-hand man. And, and you said that a WWE superstar. Now, we know, we all know who the WWE superstar that was part of it. because Allegedly. He, allegedly. <laughs> because he was not in Saturday's Rumble like he was supposed to be. And... A lot of name, a lot of things of his were taking off. So that gives you an idea who it was. But I mean, with Vince himself, you know, one time, the first time he resigned, we're like, okay, he must be like, you know, really guilty of something, trying to see if it blows off and then he would come back, which he did. He came back. But now that this is another accusation, again, of what happened before, but this time now, the, there's five women, five. Uh, one, I can understand maybe it's a fake, you know, fraud or phony. But you got five women saying the same thing. Vince, you know, he really digs himself in the grave. His father would probably rolled over in his grave. His grandfather probably doesn't even want to know about him. But, but Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm saying, though. Vince, if this is all proven, 
and he's really guilty, he's going to be spending some time behind bars. I'm sorry. Yeah, because the, the lawsuit itself is a civil suit. There's no criminal charge in that lawsuit. It's just a civil hmm. suit. Yeah. With the, with the federal, uh, with the feds investigating him, I'm very, very certain there will be criminal charges coming. Yeah, of course. Let me, let me play something real quick that, that I posted in the Wrestling With My Thoughts uh, group on Facebook. Uh, sorry. No worries, no worries, you got it. <laughs> uh, but wrestling fans, though, this is the type of person that, you know, yeah. you've seen on characters on there, and you're like, okay, was he acting in real life, or was he just, you know, at his day and age, was he starting to lose it? This is going on and on. Even what you said, one ref ref female referee from the 1980s, and Vince was, you know, at his younger days, and he was just getting the start of the company under his belt. And if he was doing it back then, why did it take so long for somebody to finally step forward? Well, I, I have an answer to that. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I have an answer for that. Um, there is uh, shame. There is... Um, the fact that a lot of times when someone comes out and accuses someone of sexual assault, um, a lot of times uh, they're not initially believed, um, especially women, especially mm. women. Yeah. Um, I, I have watched a lot of um, true crime documentaries over the past month or so. And one recurring theme that I see in some of the ones involving sexual assault um, is that officers just don't necessarily believe it first. Like, okay, well, you know, well, what were you wearing? Sort of thing. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, were you drinking? Well, you were drinking. You know, that sort of thing. Um, with regards to the, the lady who accused him of rape in 1986, she, she filed the police report, I believe, um, in 1986. And it was just, I think it was eventually shut down or something like that. I, yeah. I don't remember the details, but um, I, I think a lot of times it takes one or two people having the courage to come forward to tell their story for other people to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not alone here. Um, even if I am ridiculed, which Miss Grant has been uh, on social media and it's disgusting to read. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a million reasons. Um, look at look at the people that Sandusky uh, sexual sexually assaulted the young men that yeah. he sexually assaulted. Um, yeah, those guys didn't speak out until they were in their twenties and thirties, and I can understand why. Um, so, you know, it's it's I, I've seen people say, well, you know, Vince only made one one payment of the of the three million and stop making payments. That's why she followed the lawsuit. She's mad because she didn't get her money. Um, well, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah. He stopped doing, he stopped NDA that was, that was, um, dependent upon his payment of the $3 million. 
he broke the NDA. Now, this is allegedly, let me rephrase that or state that again. That's allegedly. And, you know, so the gloves are off at that point. And how many of, how many of us are tired of seeing um, the big, uh, the the millionaires win and the little person getting left in the dust? Um, Oh yeah. How many times, how many times are we going to see Vince McMahon's name come up and everything as something to embarrassing or trouble and everything. I mean, between that, the steroid scandal, uh, remember when he was on Gil Donahue and everything and all that mess and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, and WWE itself is, has been no stranger to allegations of sexual misconduct. Um, going back in the day, the allegations against, uh, Pat Patterson and some other people, um, Pat yep. Patterson was the only one of those individuals that was able to rebound. Um, and yeah, yeah, there, right. there, there are questions about how truthful he was about his involvement in that. Uh, but I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. He's not here to defend himself. So yeah. Um, but yeah, for for me as a wrestling fan, um, man, it's it's. It just keeps getting worse. It I know, just keeps because more and more keeps coming out. There are unnamed WWE executive officers named in that lawsuit. Right. So, and remember the last time when he stepped down, some of his ranking officers went with him and they got they got out of the company as well. Yeah. And you're well, like oh. the uh I can't. I think his name, last name is Berrios, George Berrios, and Michelle. I can't mm-hmm. remember her name. They were let go. Um, McMahon let them go, and then brought in some other people uh, that were more or less um, what's the word? More inclined to agree with Vince McMahon <laughs> to replace. Oh, them. so more kiss asses. A kiss yeah, my ass yeah, club. Yeah. <laughs> a few kiss asses around there. So yeah. Um, now. One of the things that's come out this week is that Laurinaitis himself is claiming that he too was a victim. Oh, he's denying the allegations and saying that he too is a victim. So I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing where that goes. Is he claiming that Vince forced him into these things? Um, there there's a lot of not so nice things that people have to say about John Laronidas. Um Well, people power and everything, you know, he, if he didn't have a mind of his own or anything to do with this, come on, Johnny. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not just that. Um, uh, Jim Ross talking about the way uh, Laronidas went behind his back uh, in a play for power to get the uh, head of talent relations job. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out. Man. And I didn't know that these other women were, were, Coordinating, or coordinating, cooperating with the federal <laughs> investigation because uh, honestly, I had forgotten about that. Um, yeah. I had completely forgotten about the the uh, feds raiding his house. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, and I'll say this, and this is going to sound kind of shitty, um, but I certainly hope that um, Triple H, HBK, Paul Heyman. Um, Bruce Pritchard, as much as he gets on my nerves sometimes, I certainly hope that none of them 
knew about this stuff going on and just turned a blind eye. Um, yeah, because, you know, if you've seen how Bruce Pritchard has a history with WWE, Paul Heyman, and everybody else like that, if their names get mentioned, do you know how bad that would be for those two guys? Especially what they've done to the company for so many years, and with Paul Heyman, how he started off, and if his name gets thrown around like that, it would ruin both of them. It would ruin anybody. Yeah. And it's amazing how they would add these people's names afterwards, and then you're like, oh, great. Now they got to investigate this person. Especially, I, I, I'm a Paul Heyman guy, I have to say. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I can't deny that. But if they start investigating him, that means they're going to probably have to take him out of the storyline with the bloodline. They have to change that around a little bit. And they'll have to wait for so much time to finally ease Paul Heyman back in, probably. Now, as as a result of all of this, um, as you alluded to earlier, one superstar, um, specifically Brock Lesnar, um, who was supposed to be a part of the Royal Rumble, um, was not involved in the Royal Rumble. And as a result of what's come out over the last week as well, all plans for Brock Lesnar have been scrapped. Um He's got no involvement right now with WWE that I'm aware of. And uh, so that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. You want to know what's interesting, too, because I've seen this on there, too. They showed past Royal Rumble winners Uh online. And there were four blanks of past Royal Rumble winners. One was Vince McMahon. Two was Brock Lesnar. And one was Chris Benoit. And they blanked them all out. Yeah. And, 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 and I was like... And the people, the people I've seen online, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people I've seen online are, are they're defending Brock. Now, first and foremost, Brock hasn't been named by name so far that I've seen. Um, but it doesn't take a genius to figure out who the former UFC heavy or former UFC champion was. Um, <laughs> as, as far as I know, the only one they've had under contract is, uh, is Brock Lesnar. But um, yeah, people defending him, Brock didn't even do anything. He just accepted pictures, so on and so forth. I'm not going to get into what Brock did or didn't do, but I am going to say this folks. Smart business people distance themselves from toxic situations and people that are toxic because of that situation. Um, That's fair. You're right. You can you can say uh, he's he's innocent until proven guilty, and in the court of law, okay, yeah, that's that's true. But as far as business goes, keeping you around stands to hurt my business. So I've got to let you go. Regardless of what benefits you brought me before, you're tied in with this sort of shit. I got to let you go. Um, I mean, just look at look at AEW. And I, I don't want to get caught up in the Chris, Chris Jericho thing for any length of time. But just look at AEW. AEW has said fuck all of nothing about Jericho and, and the alleged situation between him and... Uh, uh, Kylie Ray, and he's he's on TV every week. 
um, I think they should have immediately taken him off of TV for a minimum of, of three to six months. Yeah. Because, because it, it, if nothing else, these allegations make the company look bad. We're talking about a company in, in AEW that wouldn't hire the Briscoes because of something Jay said over 10 years ago and has since had since apologized for and made amends for that, they wouldn't hire them because of that. Yeah, I remember. Chris Jericho is on TV every week, and there are allegations out there of him uh, having some sort of shit go down with, with Kylie Ray. So... But it'll be interesting to see see how this plays out, man. Um, wow, well, look who joined us. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> Yo. Uh-oh. Beautiful, Uh-oh. Uh, beautiful Brandon has joined the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just for a hot second. Hey, man. I, I, I hope you start to feel better, brother. I really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it right now. I'm working on it right hey. now. So, you sound like you're not hundred percent boy, but you know what? Hey, I'm glad to see you on here. Yeah, hey, appreciate hey, appreciate you. Hill appreciate you feeling in Hill Club. I told Ron, I say, man, you no know, Hill, you know, Hill Club been trying to do this for a long time. So he's your chance, buddy. There you go. That's see <laughs> So Brandon, we, we were about to, to transition out of talking about the, the lawsuit <clears throat> and everything that we found out over the last week and start talking about Mick Foley. Is there anything you wanted to add to the conversation about the lawsuit and everything? It's just a damn shame. Yeah, yeah. It's a damn. It's a it's a, it's a damn shame how all of this is about to end. It's just it's a damn shame. And I told yeah. I told Hill Club, it's like a snowball. It keeps getting worse. Yeah, he's Every right. Day there's something new. Yeah, yeah. and I was uh, I was telling, I was saying it too. It's like remember in the storylines that Vince McMahon did this, and in front of the camera, and then now. It's in real life, and he's doing this, and I'm like, wow! It makes the wrestling fans like, oh well, he must have done this real all this time, all his life, or like, wow, he really actually was a pervert. He actually mm-hmm. did this in front yeah. of people and behind their backs. Yeah, it was literally art imitating life. Yes, and it's a damn shame. It just it's yeah. a shame how all this is about to end. And so yeah, because go ahead. It's like his. I'm sorry. It's like his father. If his father was alive and saw this happening. He probably disowned Vince and say, "You're not getting this company." Like, Sorry, man. His, his dad and his granddad are probably spinning in their grave right now because yeah, that's not exactly. What they, that's what I said. That's not what they <laughs> gave him the business for. They wanted to, you know, make sure that you know he kept it. You know, he kept with you know some honor and all that. And I ain't mad at you know how he expanded it and everything. But yeah. good lord, man! Like, but you know, hey, a couple of things I want to say, and and then we'll move on from this. Um, I heard today listening to Jeff Jarrett's show. Um, Conrad mentioned something about how they were trying to do a, a movie on Vince McMahon. Not not the one that was the, the tell-all stuff that he shut down, but the one that he was actually involved in. Uh, oh. Conrad mentioned something about Vince McMahon. I knew he had an abusive childhood before uh, Vincent J. McMahon adopted him. His His biological father was very abusive to him and his mom, as I understand it. And so Conrad said something about some sexual abuse. Now, this is the first I've heard of this in terms of of it potentially, I guess, happening to Vince McMahon. 
Um, so that would be interesting to find out as well. That doesn't give him a, a, <clears throat> any sort of uh, pass for what happened, but uh, you know, trauma creates trauma in, in a lot of cases, man. Right. So yeah. All right, we're gonna move on, and we're gonna try to get through the next couple of things pretty quick before we get into watching uh, Mid South. Um, Ali, thank you for entering the live studio, man. Thank you for joining us. Uh, let's talk about real quick before we get into WrestleMania talk. Mick Foley. Have a nice day. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> Mick Foley said, he, first of all, uh, it's, it's an era has ended. Foley is pod uh, broadcast his last podcast this past week. And um, yeah. In oh, that show, sucks. It, it does, man, because he he, he was – Mick has always been genuine, and I'm talking. I'm calling him Mick like I know him, but um, he's always just he's he's. Everybody says he's too nice for wrestling, and from everything I've heard and seen, I agree. Um, Brandon, yeah. if you'll recall it at at Starcast, um, he sent the people out there to tell to tell us waiting in line to to meet him that hey, he's running late. But he will be yeah. here, and he will stay until he meets everybody that, that paid to meet him. Yeah, I remember. And uh, remember that very, very well. <laughs> so, one thing I wish is I wish I would have took better pictures. <laughs> but other than well, well, you, you and me are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I wish I would have met Ric Flair on that JCP set. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, Mick said that uh, his 60th birthday is coming up, and he said that if he could lose a hundred pounds. Uh, he would like to have a final match. And un- unlike Ric Flair, I think Mick could actually pull it off. Yeah, I don't think he'd be winded too much and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the only thing I really want to want to talk about is two things. One, should he do it? And two, who should it be against? Um, so, so Brandon, yeah. let me ask you, should he do it? And who should it be against if so? All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and get my answer. Then I'm finna, uh, I'm finna jump right back off. All right, but um, so cause that, yeah, that I'm glad I chopped in like right on time because I want, I do want to talk about this. <laughs> do I think Mick should do it? If he is healthy enough to do it, I think that he should be able to do it, and that's how he wants to go out. Because I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that he has given so much to this wrestling business. And I think that, you know what, if that's how he wants to go out for his final, final time, let him do it. As long as he's healthy enough to do it. Um, who I think his opponent should be, Matt Cardona. Wow. That Ooh. one I did not expect at all. Yeah, me neither. Like you, Matt, you Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, because Matt Cardona is now at a, he's at stage in his career where he's a prick. He's a deathmatch prick. And so who could get... Who 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 could get who could get building up to that match? <clears throat> what deathmatch wrestler could get that much heat on himself that is well known besides Matt Cardona? I think that'd be perfect. Wow, okay. that'd be a perfect way to go out. Okay, don't do that thing. Just don't leave Mick in there too long. He's sixty years old. It don't need to be a thirty minute match. It need to be like yeah. five ten minutes. Let Mick get all his stuff in and get in and get out. But I think it'll be the perfect. I think that'd be the perfect way to go out. And Mick. No more dick flips, okay? 
Brandon, I know you said you're going to get out of here, man. Um, go yeah. get you some rest. And if, yeah, get some rest there, boy. If, if I'm, I'm working on it. So I'll be, uh, I'll be listening. I'll be listening to the playback tomorrow. I'll be listening to the playback tomorrow and everything. But, uh, Hill Club, once again, man, thanks for filling in tonight, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate you for just coming and hanging out with us for a week. But not for oh, a week. hey, no problem. Just get some just rest. Just hanging out with us every week. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, of course. Hey, I'm glad that you guys asked me, Engine, everything. Just get some rest, Brandon. All right, man. Take it easy, yo. All right. Take it easy. All right. Whoops. <laughs> oh, you get some intro and everything to leave. And- <laughs> so, let, me, let me ask you, uh, Hill Club, um, real quick. Should Mick do it? And who do you think his final opponent should be? Ah. Uh... Mix, mix a crazy guy and everything you know. And back in the young days, and if he's healthy enough, if he wants to lose the weight and he wants to try, I would say go for it. Go for one last hurrah, end your career like you wanted to. Because hey, he ended it so so many years ago and everything. But um, I say yeah, give him one more match. But the question is. Who he's facing? Well, everybody he wrestled with is long gone. Uh, maybe Matt Cardoto is a nice pick and everything. I'm not sure who else is out there. I mean, maybe EC3 or something like that in another league is a world champion. He's the NWA champion. Who knows? Maybe Cardoto is the person to go for it. All right, for for me, I I pretty much echo the sentiments that, that you and Brandon both said. That if he's healthy enough to do it, and he feels good enough, you know, personally feels good enough to do it, why not, man? Shit, Ric Flair did it. You go, you go ahead. And like I said, I think unlike Ric Flair, Mick could still go um, because he has been doing uh, DDP. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say yoga now or just DDPY. I, from what I understand, he gets upset now when you say DDP yoga. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think he should if, if he's healthy enough and wants to. Go for it. Um, final opponent? I know it's not going to happen, but I think it would be apropos for Mick Foley versus Sting. They have a history together. They've had a great feud, uh, or they had a great feud uh, back in WCW. Very good feud. And um, I think it would be special because it's a final match for both of them. Now, if that's the case, if they wanted to try with Sting, I mean, if Foley could lose the weight real fast and everything, I think that should have been Sting's last opponent in AEW. And that way they could brought Mick Foley in and one last hurrah, the old Cactus Jack and Sting uh, rivalry. Yeah, I think that would have been a great, great thing to see. So we'll see what happens with that. Like I say, it may just uh, have been him saying that, um, and it may never come to fruition. So, But whatever the case, uh, Mick, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for everything you've done uh, for the wrestling business and the entertainment yes. you provided us as fans. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Mick. Thank you, Cactus. Dude, love mankind. Jack Foley, whatever you want to be called. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk WrestleMania 40 before we get into to our uh, our time travel. 
Um, the big talk on everybody's tongue is what happened on Friday Night SmackDown. A couple of things yeah. came out of that interaction. One, Cody, Cody said, I'm going to face you, Roman, but it's not going to be at WrestleMania. So it's up in the air of when Cody is actually going to face Roman. So I thought that was interesting. But then right behind that, The Rock's music hit. The Rock comes out. Him and Cody, uh, or rather he says something to Cody. Um, and Cody leaves the ring. And Roman and The Rock face off. Didn't say anything. The, the TV faded to black. Or, uh, yep. And they were just kind of staring at each other. This seems to have <laughs> caused like a ruckus uh, uh, amongst fans um, across the internet. From what I understand, that video of Roman and and Rock facing off has over half a million dislikes. Yeah, there was a lot of people that just dislike how SmackDown ended, and it was people saying, "Oh, why is the Rock coming out now and doing this?" I'm like. It's been talked about for so long. Yeah. It was talked about like how many years ago they first rumored about this. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to happen then. And then they got disappointed. It's going to happen next year. Oh, no, it just got disappointed <laughs> again. I'm like, yeah. Now you have Cody Rhodes that finally has won back-to-back Royal Rumbles. He's going to go on to WrestleMania and the main event. He claims he wants that title that Roman has. He wants the title that was in his father's hands and was pried away. But not at Mania. So are they saying that Cody's going to face Roman, I don't know, Elimination Chamber? Or maybe after WrestleMania, somewhere like in the main event at SummerSlam, like in the summertime or something like that? Or, or does he or does he face the rock? Or does I, he face I the can, rock? I can see them pulling that title off of Roman and putting it on Rock. I don't want them to do that. But I can see it. Um I mean if they if they pull this route now and the rock comes back out of nowhere, beats Roman, takes his belt. And all the years that Roman's been champion, all that hard work that they've done for him to keep the belt, go from one record to another, to another, to another, another, because they want us, they want him to at least beat Hogan's record. They want him to beat Hogan's record and excel that. And if The Rock comes in, the new employee of the WWE company, uh, and not, not just, just employee. Yeah. He, Higher up. He's, he's an executive. <laughs> yeah. So give the executive the WWE title. Right? Sure. That makes perfect sense. Let him beat Roman. Then what do you do from there? Like, The Rock is another part-timer. Roman's a part-timer. So you're basically saying the WWE Universal title is a part-timer belt. Until you finally have somebody who's active and who's ready for it. But, we'll, we'll and then you're saying, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in my point of view. If what? The Rock beats Roman and then you let The Rock hold the belt for a little bit and then lose to somebody in the company, hopefully, that's available for it. Here, here's something that, that I kicked around. Um, and, and I'll just say it real quick. 
but Rock beats Roman. Cody beats Seth. Or even if if even if Roman beats Rock, however that works out, but Cody beats mm-hmm. Seth. Roman and Cody meet, and the the titles are unified again. Oh God! But hold on, but. I had a couple of people point out to me, or they they didn't necessarily point it out, but they they made me, you know, get out of my emotions for a minute about a damn 15 titles, but really think about things because WWE has a massive roster and it's impossible to feature everybody or at least the people they want to feature and have people chase titles if Roman is the only one holding a title and he only wrestled 11 dates last year. So it, it, it's, you know, so I'm, I'm backing off of that talk. Um, I'm not necessarily mad at rock versus Roman. I wish there would have been a lot more buildup to it versus he just shows up and all of a sudden kind of maybe not intentionally, but nudges Cody out of the way. Because I think I kind of think Cody got the shaft at last year's WrestleMania, so we'll see what happens, man. Um, either way, um, I'm I'm ex- if if it were Roman versus Cody again, I would love to see that. Uh, I'm excited to see Roman versus The Rock, so we'll see how that happens. And one last thing I want to talk about with regards to WrestleMania, uh, and then we'll hop in the DeLorean and take off. Um, with Lesnar out of the picture, I want to know what the plans for Gunther are because the plans going forward were supposed to be Lesnar and Gunther um, leading up to WrestleMania from what I understand. So now I want to know what happens with Gunther. Um, who's going to challenge him? Who's, you know, wh- you know, what do they do with Gunther? Because you cannot afford to waste this man. Um, he has been phenomenal. Um, in in his return, and he's only gotten better since that return. Um, he's he's the longest reigning uh, intercontinental champion of all time. So, what do you what do you think they do with Gunther for WrestleMania? Because I I honestly have no idea. It, I don't I don't know. I mean, it throws a flag a wrench in the the tires here and everything. It's like saying. We had this plan. Brock was supposed to face Gunther and probably would have just, you know, this would have been a stepping stool for Gunther to really boost his career and jump up and say, hey, you're ready for a contendership for the title. We're going to boost you now. This is your run. Let's go. They they don't have a plan for him right now. Not not that I can and, see. No, and they don't have anybody else that would step up and face him. Who's going to face him? Chad Gable? The one person that actually <laughs> beat him in a match? Come on. No, Chad Gable could not have even last that long if you put him in, unless they really, really say it's a David versus Goliath match. But no, they got to pull somebody and they got to have to try to throw somebody around and say, hey, we're going to match you up with this person. That one person, maybe I could think of, maybe Seamus. Let me let me ask this. Um, not not to dismiss Seamus, but what about Randy Orton? They could. Who they could Orton, throw him? Who's Orton uh, feuding with right now? 
Well, I don't know. Orton is in a SmackDown with yeah. AJ Styles and everything. They could try to throw that around too, because or LA Knight, same thing. Those yeah. three are around there. there. Yeah. What do, what do you do with LA Knight? Yeah, that's that's a. Oh man, yeah. There's there. <laughs> I just created more questions than answers. Right yeah, now. it's like the second rate titles, like the Intercontinental and the U.S. title. They're like in limbo of who's gonna hold what for a long time. You have an actor, Logan Paul's U.S. champ. You have Gunther, who's the longest reigning Intercontinental champ since the days of Honky Tonk. But you don't have a certain challenger for that belt. You're trying to build a certain challenger for the other belt. But you have all these major stars on SmackDown, and Raw is just like, you know, everybody's doing something else. Like, you can't put... Damien Priest or Finn Balor, or you can't put Drew McIntyre, you can't put anybody else in that rate. CM Punk, he's hurt. He's out of the picture, too. Cody Rhodes, he's got his thing. So, oh, it's all right. But it's like, who else is going to be there unless they throw somebody maybe in NXT that comes up? Yeah, I mean, mean, and then, then, you know, you just brought up something. What about Damien Priest? He still got the money yeah. in the bank briefcase, so yeah, we'll, and we'll that see, we'll see how that plays out, I guess. Hmm. So, all right, folks, um, it is time. We're gonna hop in the DeLorean, and uh, Doc <laughs> Brown's got everything set up for us, and uh, we're gonna travel back in time to February fourth, nineteen eighty four, forty years ago today so go ahead and uh and if you got peacock you got the wwe network um it's uh season six episode five running runtime is about 41 minutes so uh we're gonna watch the whole thing i'm gonna turn the volume down and hill club and i'll just kind of talk about the matches as as we watch them so um hill club let me ask this i i know you're younger than me because in 1984, I I wasn't quite 10 years old yet, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how familiar are how familiar are you with with some of the older stuff? And and there's no wrong answer. Here. I'm just asking. Uh very little because I was born in '86 and everything, and I may have seen some mid south wrestling, you know, here and there, but I mean. It, it shows like the younger days of what, what Jim Ross was. Uh, like even, um, what's his name? James E. Cornette back in, when he's, uh, manager in the tennis racket days when he's, that's when he got himself well known. And all these guys and everything, Magnum TA, wrestling, wrestling number two, uh, you know, it's a lot different back then what it is now. And nobody this day and age is like, Wow, who's that? Who's this? Oh, I recognize that one. That's Jim Ross. Oh my God, look what happened yeah, to him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I pro- when we watch this episode, I will probably or likely will remember some of this episode, whether it be the entire episode or one or two matches or whatever. Um, and and then where where you're from in the in the part of the country you're from, WWF or WWE now was was more of the norm than, than say Mid-South or Jim Crockett, Jim Crockett promotions and all that anyway, yep. correct? Yes, correct. Okay. I was, I'm the, I was, uh, I'm the next state over to where 
with Greenwich, Connecticut, where Vince McMahon and the WWF headquarters originally was. So everybody around here was well known for that company. Okay. All right. So are you uh, are you set up and ready? I'm ready to go. All right. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to count to three. On three, press play. All right. Okay. One, two, three. All right. I, I don't know about you, but I've got a uh, I've got a Run DMC commercial. Oh wow! I just had the uh, I had the uh, report and the progress and everything. Technical difficulties. I guess it started off bad. Technical difficulties back then. I don't. I don't know what. I mean, I'm not mad at. It. I love Run DMC. Um, ah, the Run DMC. It's a streaming. Okay, they're doing a documentary on Run DMC. I've got to watch that. All right, now I'm getting the presented. And the blah blah blah. So I'm where you were. Um, what's your uh, looking at the timer count? Where are you at? I'm at 11 seconds. Are you there? Hill Club, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm watching the opening segment right now. Um, there's Mr. Wrestling number two. A lot of these people just bring back memories, man. Yeah, Kamala, Kamala Junkyard Dog, Ted DiBiase when he was younger. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, JYD, like, I know your your memory of JYD is likely WWF, right? Yeah. JYD was a god in Mid-South. <laughs> and, and, like, I mean that in every sense of the word. He was over, like, you couldn't imagine. Um. He was a god in, in that territory. And then in, I think it was 84, 85, I, I wish Kurt were here because Kurt's more uh, more well-versed in that South. That's his favorite territory. But um, I believe it was in 84, Dog just left. So, all right. So, we got Mid-South. I'm watching uh, the commentators. There's Bill Watts on the right. Yeah, Bill Watts. His younger days. Look, man, look, I'll give him credit for what he did in wrestling, but he is a racist ass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do we got going tonight? Like, I love these opens too, man. This old stuff, um, it puts me in the mind of the old Howard Cosell Monday Night Football stuff. Yeah. Um, so the Mid South Wrestling Television Championship. Championship tournament with a ten thousand dollar prize. You got Terry Taylor. I can't read that. Terry Taylor, Nate yep. Ward, Buddy Lindell, Hacksaw Duggan. Uh, I can't say his first name. Ito Maso uh, Tito. Yep. And then JYD apparently gets the buy. And then you got uh, Hacksaw Reed, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, <laughs> young Jim, yeah. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So. JYD gets yeah, Nikolai Volkov is on that list and everything there. Darso. Oh, yeah, Darso. Yeah. We all know who Darso is. <laughs> yeah, man. Doink the Clown. Or one of yeah. the best Doink the Clown. Yeah. Mr. BG, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, Mr. P. How are you? 
Bavesh, thank you for joining us. If you're if you're interested in doing the watch along with us, we are watching an episode of Mid South Wrestling uh, from Crusher Khrushchev. Um, but anyway, we're watching an episode of uh, Mid South Wrestling from uh, 40 years ago to the day, February 4th, 1984. If you got WWE Network, go ahead and cue it up. It is Mid-South Wrestling Season 6, Episode 5. Uh, we're just getting started. Um, we're about three three minutes in, three and a half minutes in. Um, so uh, go ahead and join us. Hill Club and I are going to watch this and kind of talk about what we're watching. Uh, right, now, yeah. right now, Bill Watts is talking to Crusher Khrushchev. Oh, gosh. Yeah, look at this. Look at the look at the glove, the coal miner glove back then. Oh my god, it's like oh, we just put something in like in the knuckles of the glove, and there you go, that's a coal miner. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this before he was Crusher Khrushchev? I think it was. I don't know. I can't remember. That's why I wish Kurt was here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, um, here in here in our region, uh, we used to watch uh, Superstars of Wrestling on Saturday night, starting at eight o'clock, and they would show everything Mid South, Continental, AWA, um, Jim Crockett Promotions, um, all of the regional stuff. So yeah. And look at the, how, how the graphics are. During oh, yeah, man. See, that's, 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 old, night. that's old school wrestling, man. It, it's like you yeah. see the house lights turned down, and then all you have is the is the lights over the ring. Now, yeah. normally the light, uh, or at least as I remember it anyway, the light was a little bit brighter on the ring than that is because right there is is pretty much just in the middle of the ring. But look at it, right? A, a young Jim Duggan, man. Oh man, especially how. <laughs> You're climbing up on the top rope in the corner to try to get the glove, and you're like, okay, how the frig am I supposed to see? Well, what? This doesn't yeah, look I, right. I don't know. Who's in there? Who is that take, jumping on him? Because, yeah, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if that was me in there, I'd be like, uh, yeah, how are we doing this? <laughs> oh, he's got the coal miner's glove. Ooh, yeah. Laid him out. <laughs> And that's the thing. How are you supposed to see who runs in the ring and everything? The fans won't even know who's running in. You get, when you do run-ins, it's too dark. Yeah, I mean, well, there there is some good to that because nowadays it's to the point where something happens in the ring and fans quit looking at what's going on in the ring and they look towards the entrance ramp to see who's coming in. And, yeah. and then, oh, look at that, young Jim Ross. Hell yeah. And ring announcement, Jim Ross. <laughs> wow. Okay. Crusher Darso. That's what yep. it is. Okay. Tom Higgy, the era of the jobber. And I had a I had a um little bit of a debate with somebody in a in a wrestling group that I'm in, and they said that they hated it when people called uh what we now know as enhancement talent jobbers he said it was disrespectful i'm like dude you're you're nuts uh jobber was a universally accepted term um up until about 15 20 years ago 
and it wasn't disrespectful. You were there to do the job of getting the top guys over. You had yeah. a, a, a integral role in the program. So um, another thing they used to call them were carpenters. And it's because without the carpenter, you can't build the house. So you got to have a carpenter. So it was a term yeah. of respect, if anything. And those guys took beatings, man. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Like I mean, this. hey. Like this yeah. Darso is, is killing him. I mean, that's how it was when we grew up. We saw how the wrestlers, active wrestlers and famous wrestlers always faced jobbers. And I said to one person one time, oh, yeah, that was a jobber at one point. They're like, what the hell's a jobber? I'm like, what do you mean, what the hell is a jobber? <laughs> the Brooklyn Brawler was a jobber. Yeah. Barry, Barry Hallways, a jobber. Gilbert was a jobber at one point. I mean, those are jobbers. They're like, oh, we never heard of a term like that. I'm like, now, what did you would, think they were? I would disagree with you greatly saying Goldberg was a was a jobber. Goldberg was never a, uh, a jobber. Buffett, Gilbert, not Goldberg. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you said Goldberg. Wow. Well, if I said Goldberg was a, a jobber, yeah, he'd probably yeah, scare the hell out of me. Okay. Whoa, easy. Wrong no, bald man. But like Darso, Darso was was Crusher Khrushchev in uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. He he aligned himself with uh, with uh, Nikita Koloff, and uh, why is his name escaping me? The older guy, Ivan Koloff. Um, Ivan, yeah, Nikita it, and Ida, Ivan. Yeah, he he aligned himself with them, and then in WWE, he was a part of Demolition. Yep, Axe and Smash in the and old I, days. I never liked Demolition. I always hated Demolition. Oh. I didn't mind them. They were actually pretty good. I liked them. I mean, hey, their music was good. Uh, their face paint, yeah, okay. They kind of rip off talking animal here and there at times, but <laughs> but Dossel had a good career. He had a. I all say he didn't have like a big superstar career. He had a pretty good career though as a mid card person, and he had some talent, some championships runs. Wait a minute, I just, I just. I, I just dawned on me that I severely fucked up earlier. I said Darso was Doink the Clown. That was Matt Bourne. Yeah, Bourne. Oh. I was like, oh, uh, uh, he was Repo Man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Repo Man. Well, Repo Man had a mask near the end of uh, near the end of his career and everything in WWE. He had a different mask on, and that really was a bust. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. he could have been like Doink the Clown. Whole era. I refer to that whole era of WWF as a three ring circus because that's what it became. He had all yeah. these gimmicks um that were centered around like jobs. You had Duke the Dumpster Droger, um you had uh Wild Bill Irwin of all people was the fucking goon. Wild yeah. Bill Irwin, if you never get a ch if you ever get a chance, excuse me, go ahead and check out WCCW um where the Von Erics were. And just take a look at Wild Bill Irwin and then go look at the goon. There's Magnum TA cleaning, cleaning house. Hey, Dennis Condry sighting. Beautiful body. Yeah, I know, huh? Oh, the original Midnight Express. Hey, look ah, at James Cornette. Look at Cornette's hair. Oh, my God. The original Midnight yeah. Express was actually Dennis Condry, uh, Norvell Austin, and Randy Rose. Right. My God, look at Condry's hair, too. Yeah, 
with a knee to Mr. Wrestling stomping him. Look at Bobby. Look at a young Bobby, man. I know. I'm like, holy crap. Uh, look, look at look at a look at a uh at a young Jim Cornette. <laughs> Damn man. Baby face Jim Cornette, man. Oh, they're beating the hell out of him. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Cornette is laying it in on TA, man. Oh, Cornette. It goes to show you, too. How come people like these guys are not? I don't think they're in. They're not in the WWE Hall of Fame. Who, Midnight Express? Yeah. And and Cornette. And and those those should be in it. I don't think we'll ever see, and it's, 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 you know, a snub. It's, it's disrespectful as hell. It's crazy as hell, but I don't think we'll ever see Jim Cornette in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's sad because you know what? He did a lot for the companies and everything that he worked with. And he's well known, well liked at some points. Well, except for, uh, Russo. <laughs> <laughs> Shit stain, as he calls it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at the look at the marks on Mr. Wrestling. My God. And they say that's scripted. Give me a break. If you get there with a leather belt like that and whacked like that, yeah, okay. Yeah, now, Cornette talks about on his show, it, it, like he's never revealed, as, as far as I remember, he's never revealed. Look at his side, man. They, it, he's never revealed how to exactly do it, but Cornette says that there is a way to work whipping somebody with a belt now you're gonna get hit so (laughs) but there's a way to do it not just completely whip the shit out of somebody you know i used to love mr wrestling number two man but once i found out what what he did in in his teenage years in hawaii i lost all respect for that man yeah Uh oh magnum standing behind jim uh Jim Ross, like he was going to beat his ass. Tom Lentz and Jerry Gray. <laughs> oh, man, just two guys from down the street. And and that guy's got a shit ton of back hair. <laughs> Look at those titles, man. I know. Those are old classics. Oh, man. Before they were, you know, Big Gold set the standard for, for – Kind of the the size of belts today, but um, that's how belts looked back then, man. Yeah, the the size of the small back then, everything wasn't really much effort to build. People said, but compared to these days, oh, they're just ridiculously yeah. not too big. And and I may want to back up off that because I think um, I think Continental had. A bigger belt or as big a belt as big you see like look at the way they're wrestling right now man this like this is wrestling to me it it just doesn't happen like this anymore and no it doesn't guys most guys who are younger than me watch this and like oh this is boring Uh, no man i don't need you know Guys exchanging forearms in the middle of the ring. I don't need 
you know, Orange Cassidy doing that same ass tornado DDT that he does every damn time. Look at yeah, to every every five seconds. It's like, I mean, I was watching um, Collision this weekend, and it's like every match in AEW looks like every match in AEW. Yeah. And you notice, I don't think I've seen any botches in this match so far. A lot of the old days, there wasn't a lot of botches, but nowadays you see it's quite a bit almost every match. I'm I'm sure there are some things that happen that we never notice. Like I'm sure they notice them, but it's it, they do they they did their craft so well that if they did mess up, we never noticed it. Right. And I mean, it's just look at the teamwork. They're tagging in and out, keeping the fresh man in the or in, yeah, fresh man in the ring. Yeah. I mean, look at it. he just he just sold a forearm to the back. Moxley never does that. Moxley will fall down and get right back up. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about Moxley. Yeah, well, I know, I know. I <laughs> mean, I I saw a bunch of people online on Mick Foley's uh, Facebook post or Instagram post about uh, who would you like to see me face in my last match. You would be, well, maybe you wouldn't be. You would be shocked at the number of people that said John Moxley. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, no, <laughs> no, Mick no, Mo- Moxley, would, Moxley would be like, okay, let's let's do your old fashioned gimmick, uh, Mick. How about we do, let's say, a cage match for your last hurrah? Yeah, okay, you're gonna put Mick Foley in a cage, okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. people were like uh, Texas Death Match. I'm like, dude, Mick is sixty. Yeah. <laughs> or will if he 60. was four? If he if he was forty, yeah, I could see that. But no. <laughs> he crawled between the legs to tag in TA. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you don't see anything like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's just these these guys. Folks can call this boring all day if they want to. These guys knew their craft, and knew it well. Right. You wouldn't get hurt of a leg drop if it was actually done right, and they knew how to do it. I mean, come on. Mr. Wrestling number two, and they, and they didn't call it finishing moves back in the day. There was no finishing move. Um, it may have just been their signature, but Mr. Wrestling number two's, uh, okay, I just saw a back slap tag. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to eat crow on that because I don't think I've ever seen a back slap tag in no. school wrestling. No. Um, I, I don't recall that either. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll shut the fuck up on that now. Yeah. I mean. Next. T.A. hit him with that the That was just a good way to end it. Look at that. Look at that replay. I'm like, wow. That was perfect. So now I've got a uh, oh um NXT Vengeance is on tonight too. Oh, that's right. But the good thing <laughs> is, good thing is, it's on the network, so we can go back and watch it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I actually meant to turn my TV on uh, to the network. I'm using my laptop 
here at the, the microphone to watch uh, watch this. Yeah. Wow, look at the crowd in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, everything about this setup, I love. Um, the the announcers weren't right up next to the ring. I'm not I'm not mad or bothered by the, the announcers being right up next to the ring, but I wish it was like this, where they were just a few feet away. Yeah. And, yeah, well, and, they, hey, yeah, and they want to say old school wrestling didn't sell out. No, it sold that, out. Look at that. That crowd right there is better than most anything AEW is doing right now. Yeah. Show the camera in the background. Oh, yeah. Hmm. They wouldn't even think of doing that. Man, look at Nightheart. A young Nightheart. Yeah. He still had that gut, huh? <laughs> yeah, man. And, and had a lot more hair. <laughs> You're right. He did. Who's that who's wrestling? I think that was, uh, that wasn't Larry Santana, was it? Okay, we got a, did you see that, the little glitch they had? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's rare days now. They don't see that. I mean, is that Butch Reed? It looked like Butch Reed for a minute, but the way how he was dancing, I was like, my, no, that can't be. The quality of this video. Don't add, don't, don't add up to good viewing. Yeah, I think that's Hacksaw. Wow. A young Butch Reed. Man, I miss, I miss when Tony Schiavone and, uh, and Conrad used to talk. They used to give these, uh, <laughs> these crazy ass facts, quote unquote facts about Hacksaw where like, Hacksaw created Wikipedia. Yeah. Hacksaw too. created Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course he did. Mm-hmm. Look at Nyhod. Wow. Red beard and everything. Oh, my God. Huh. Oh, man. A far away distance, you'll be like, that's not Nyhod. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. From Huntsville, Alabama, Larry Santana. Yeah, good luck, Larry. I, can't. I, I miss this style, man. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the guys today can't go. I'm not saying they can't put on good matches. I'm just saying that I miss this. Yeah. Hey, you don't see this on Raw. You don't see this on SmackDown or AEW or NXT or anything like that anymore. You see well-known faces. Yeah. Yeah, what a shot. My God. And and the 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 thing that blows my mind is that ninety nine percent of these guys were calling this shit in the ring. Yep. There was no let's go over this match. Now, I mean, well, actually, no, because back in those days, the the baby faces and heels had separate room, dressing rooms. 
That's right. They did. They had one side of the arena was one side of heels. The other side was faces. Yeah, and they didn't have them all in the same area. If somebody needed to get something to the other locker room, they had to send it through a referee. Yep, that's right. So these guys called this in the ring, and like that's just, and and it still looks smooth. Nowadays, yep. you have the Bucks and whoever go out and practice a match before anybody gets in the arena, and it still looks like shit. Yeah, I know you hate the Bucks too. I get it. Mm-hmm. What? No. no. <laughs> Especially now, the spy versus spy books. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was any any more possible, or I didn't think it was possible, rather, for them to look any more, like, douchey. <laughs> that's that's you putting it mildly and nicely. <laughs> hey, that's progress thought, for me, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what you say about Omega next. <laughs> of all those guys I dislike, I think Omega is the one that I'll give the most credit to. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Omega, where do you think uh, where do you think Okada's going to end up? Well, they said they want, he's going to report to NXT, so I don't know Ten if they need a limit. I'm just yeah, if they need a star. That badly in NXT, let him start off there. If not, send him to Raw. Masaito. That's how you say it. I couldn't remember that. Yeah. Against Mike Jackson. <laughs> Are you related to Nick and Matt Jackson? <laughs> Mr. Dad. Are you their uncle or grandfather, maybe? Their dad, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ito was a badass too, man. Yeah, match up in him in the ring, forget it. You'll be like, uh, okay, I lose. Yeah, so, you know, living living where you lived, um, unfortunately, you didn't have a whole lot of exposure to, uh, to what we saw down here in the South. But it, it was just like a completely different brand and style of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And that... The matches on here and everything, if you're facing a jobber, they were always mad quick. You know, they're like, oh, we'll do it five minute tops. Five minute matches. If you can get past five minutes, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, if you last more than a minute, you're fired. <laughs> Take a paycheck and get out. And, and you know, guys today talk about how hard it is or whatever. Listening to stories, and I realize some of them are embellished. Um, but you listen to the stories, like something that's not embellished is Ole Anderson got stabbed by a fan. Um, and the, and the only thing that saved his life was there was a nurse in the audience that kept pressure on his wound until the, the medics arrived. Yeah. Lucky Ole. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and, and from what I understand, um, they used to do something for that lady, and unfortunately, I cannot remember her name right now. But they used to do something for that lady every time they went to that town, and she passed away a couple of years ago. And and uh, Conrad and I can't remember which which uh, which podcast it was, but they they paid tribute to her. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Kristen dropped in again. 
Hey, Kristen, like uh, like the page, will you share it? Get your friends out here to be like, oh, what's this podcast? Let's sit on here. What the hell are they talking about? Leave a comment. Shout out to us. Got a nerve hold on him. Oh, and look at the face on him. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. When I was a kid, you, there there was no way you could tell me that that this was predetermined. <laughs> like it just, right. I would have probably fought you as a kid watching this if you would have told me that. Yeah. So in in 1986, um, well, you wouldn't have been able to enjoy it because you were just a baby. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. in 86, you still had some good wrestling in, in Jim Crockett promotions before they sold to Turner. Now, what you're about, I did, to, see, I did. What you're about yeah. to see is a Nikolai Volkov that you'll recognize him, but it'll be like a Nikolai Volkov you haven't seen before. So, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> And I can't remember that other commentator's name to save my life. I recognize his face, but I cannot remember his name. Look at that. Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. Yeah, look oh at this. The God. young Terry Taylor. Vince for that shit. Hi, hi God. I was, when I seen the highlights when he first came out, I'm like, they named him Red Rooster. What the hell? Yeah, the fucking Red Rooster. I'm like, what? And I in that in that chat that I was telling you about where I was talking about uh, or people were talking about jobbers, somebody listed him Terry Taylor as a jobber. I'm like, you're you're a moron. Well, I didn't say that, but I thought it. I'm like, yeah, I know. I would have said it too. <laughs> like Terry Taylor was not a jobber. Now I'm sure at the very beginning of his career, he he, you know, probably put guys over. I'm sure of that as a matter of fact, because that's the way it went back in the day. But yeah. when I think of jobbers, I think of guys like George South. Um, and, the, and well, you brought up a great one, the Brooklyn Brawler. The yeah. Brooklyn Brawler was around for years, and everybody knew who he was, but he never won matches. Right. <laughs> and then you had wrestlers. Then you had major wrestlers at the time become jobbers at one point, like uh, Jumping Jim Brenzel. Yeah. He, he was at, later on known as a jobber, but a super jobber because they know him. Sunset, sunset flip from the corner. Yeah. And that was the thing. Terry Taylor, when he was in WWF as a Red Rooster, but then in 93, when they invited him back in the Rumble, they used his real name, Terry Taylor. I was like, why didn't you do this years before? <laughs> They knew they fucked him on the on the red rooster. Yeah. And now, and you notice Taylor's a gear looked similar to like Ric Flair's at one point, remember? Yes, he was very much like Ric Flair. Um yeah. rumor has it, or I shouldn't say rumor, legend has it that there's a box of gimmicks that in WWE the guys had to reach into. Oh no. Legend has <laughs> it that when Terry reached in. He got the red rooster. Kurt Hennig reached in and got Mr. Perfect. (laughs) 
Now, could I, you I, could I, you imagine it? Th- should you imagine if those were reversed? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Kurt, no. <laughs> I, yeah, Kurt Henning is the Red Rooster. Yeah, me. and Larry the Axe would be like, "My God, my son's a rooster." <laughs> <laughs> Look at Nikolai. Yeah. Oh, a little bit younger. He's still got that 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 older looking face, but he yeah he's much leaner. Um, he could still sing too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jim Ross, man. That just blows me away. Young ass Jim Ross. Yeah. And and he wanted to be a major league baseball umpire. That was actually what he wanted to be. Yeah, I heard of him about that. Yeah. That's actually, Imagine that. And, and, and uh, I believe there there is a picture out there of him. Um. In in. Umpire camp, I think it is. Oh, like a uh, yeah, and then like when they were doing like spring training and everything yeah, like that for was, baseball. Wow! Now look at go look figure. At you you never thought that. Look at Nikolai's physique, because in yeah in W in WWF, and and it's only a matter of a couple of years, give or take. But he was older. Muscle didn't, you know, stand the test of time, if you will. Look at that shit, man. Yeah. Well, he was always good in shape, Nikolai. Even in his later years, too. He was still bucked up, bulked up and still kept up with his strength. I'm like, God, man. <laughs> Just dropped the man across this... the top rope. <laughs> oh. oh, man. And see, that was an entertainer that the fans would either hate or like than this guy right here. Yeah. See, I I didn't because I was a kid, and I guess you know my math wasn't mathing at that point in time. I didn't draw the connection of him being in Mid South versus when he was in WWF. For right. some reason, it never really registered for me. And then I went back. I'm like, oh yeah, that was him, wasn't it? <laughs> Damn. Just, yeah. Yeah. Stomping this shit. <laughs> and that's another thing about oh. today, man. Guys guys throwing punches, guys throwing uh kicks, and it looks like shit. Yeah, it does. Even when they they try to sell it and they're about two feet away and everything too. Oh, I'll just kick you and everything, kick in the air and everything. Just go fall backwards. Ah, like not, you didn't even touch the person. For the for the individual that just entered the live studio, I don't know how to pronounce that, and I don't want to call you Jizz. So I'm just just gonna say, Mr. J, thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate you joining us. We're watching. Uh, we took a trip back in time. We're watching. An episode of Mid South Wrestling from February fourth, nineteen eighty four, um, forty years ago to the day. Now, have you ever seen the what they're advertising now, which I'm assuming is going to be their main event? Um, Terry Taylor taking on Nature Boy Buddy Landale. Have you ever had a, an opportunity to see Buddy Landale? I've I've actually seen Buddy Landale when he was. Around it was in the 
at one point they brought him in on uh, WWF. Uh, at one point, Buddy Landell. And wasn't he partners with somebody, that famous uh, uh, Playboy Buddy Rose at one point? I think so. Um... Yeah. Because I remember those two were in a tag team. And, I mean, there was a quite a bit of Nature Boys. It wasn't just Ric Flair. There was... Oh God! There's so actually there's, three, uh, three yeah, or four, there's, wasn't there's it? Nature Boy, Buddy Roberts. I think yep. I think that's who it is. Then you got Nature Boy Buddy Landale. Then you got Nature Boy Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And see if you look like look at look at Landale. He's even wearing his knee pads like Flair. The hair like Ric Flair. Yeah. It's it's a, it's like an imitation of him, and even in WWF. When they brought in Lindell and Flair was gone, they gave him Ric Flair's old theme song. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kidding me. You're actually going to put this match together and everything like that? And Lindell only had a little bit of a career in WWF, but hey, he had one title match up against Bret Hart and lost, but I don't know. Lindell had a good Mid-South career. Um he had good in uh, AWA. Look at this all shape. the you know. Not, not yeah. to cut you off. Look at the shape. Yeah. That yeah. Terry Taylor is in right now. And Taylor is well known. He was well known everywhere. Everywhere he went. Man, I remember when uh, when he got to uh, the WCW. They paired him up. Him and Ricky Morton with oh, yeah. with uh, Marlena, and at yep. that time she was known as Terry. Uh, was it Terry York? Alexandra York. Yes, the Alexandra York, the York Foundation. There you go. And, you got it. And it was <laughs> there was other names in there too. Oh, what else was there? At one point, Mister Hughes was in there, yeah. and uh, there was someone else. Oh, I'm trying to think. And it was Terrence Taylor. And yeah, Richard, they, Richard Morton. <laughs> yeah, man, and and believe, can you believe it? Ricky Morton is still going today. I can't believe that. I really can't. I I actually saw him wrestle at an NWA pay per view. Um, I'm talking Corgan's uh, version of NWA. And yeah, I went to the Into the Fire pay per view. And uh, the guy I went with, he and I got there an hour before showtime, I guess, because we weren't sure how crowded it was going to be or how long the line might be to get in. And seats, um, unless you bought uh, VIP seats, seats were first come, first serve once they opened the doors. So we get there, and um, we're sitting there. There was a college game on. I can't remember who it was. Ricky Morton walks over there and asks us, who's winning? And we talked to him for a bit, and I kind of walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, I've been watching you wrestle literally since I was a kid. Would it be possible for me to get a picture with you? And he was like, man, I would. But, you know, we're set up on a table over here. The the people paying the bills are going to get upset if I'm giving away pictures. I'm like, hey, I understand. I was like, I got to shoot my shot. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that I think that was the night 
I may be wrong here on my memory, but I think that was the night Helm and uh, and Gibson won the tag team titles again. And this is in two thousand like nineteen or twenty. Yeah, that was the <laughs> they won the titles and everything. I remember seeing it on because I was watching it on YouTube and they had a video of it. I'm like. Holy crap, they're still wrestling? <laughs> and yeah. look at Gibson, my God. He's like, I'm like, how is he still going? And Morton was still flying in the air. I'm like, bro, son he, of he did a suicide dive through the ropes to the floor. <sighs> Ricky Morton did. Yeah. I'm like, you never see an old guy like do that anymore these what? days. <laughs> and that night, um, Marty Skrull showed up in NWA too. Ah, uh, and then Marty, then, Marty, uh, Marty. Short time after that, all the all the shit came out about uh, what he did uh, with a with. Well, in the U.S., it was an underage girl. In in the U.K., I think sixteen is the age of consent. But he had a yeah. He had sexual relations with a sixteen year old girl. And you ain't heard from Marty Skrull since. Right, you don't. And he was supposed to be one of those young stars and talent that was supposed to be out there. Yep. He was in Ring of Honor, New Japan. I'm like, my God, you don't see him anymore. Hey, QMV, thank you for joining us. Um, Hill Club and I are sitting here watching a episode of Mid-South Wrestling from exactly 40 years ago today. Uh, February 4th, 1984. Um, thanks for joining us. Hey, uh, Mr. J and Q, uh, let me ask you guys, who do you think ought to be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia? Oh. Uh, in, oh. the chat, in the chat there, if you wouldn't mind telling me who you think Roman Reigns should be facing. See, that's a good question for them. Speaking of Ricky Morton, there he is. Yeah, look at him. Uh, Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> Man. You, you could hear just, you can hear the music and everything. You know it's them. Yeah. Look at the Corvette. My God. <laughs> Leaping Lanny Poffo. There's a name you oh. haven't heard in a while. No, I know it, huh? So it looks like JYD is going to be taking on uh, Nikolai in the third week. Second week will be Pafo and Ito. Hacksaw Reed taking on the Anvil. Magnum TA taking on Darso. For that... Hey, $10,000 was big back then. Hey, don't get uh, laughing about it. You never know. They never had millions and billions like that. (laughs) Little did I know as a kid, those guys didn't win that damn money. That was was just put on TV. Oh, yeah, it was just for show. (laughs) Besides, they they were getting paid anyway. But back in this time, man... um, uh, Watts was was legit driving a Rolls Royce. If that yeah. tells you, if that tells you what kind of money he was generating with Mid South. Oh yeah. All right, that was that's the end of the wow. show, man. 
Yeah, that was a great feeling of it. Yeah, man. I uh, I really do wish Kurt could have been been on because Kurt absolutely loves Mid South. I mean, I like it too. Oh, but, he, but Kurt is he like a he would have been like. Fan. Yeah, he would have been like, now see, this is what I grew up watching and everything. He would be like, oh, I remember this. Oh, my God, I remember what happens to this one. This guy does this move in here. One, two, three, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same for me, man. Um, I think probably for me, my favorite territory, man, I liked it all because I think at that time, I didn't realize that I was watching different territories. I was just a kid watching wrestling. So – you know, I didn't realize that these guys were in different territories. I, I thought it was just all one big thing. But yeah. um, I remember the, the, the feud that I remember the best from when I was a kid was Jake Roberts taking on Lord Humongous in a cage. Um, <sighs> if you ever get a chance to, to see that match, check it out because Humongous – Hey, uh, mama, that ain't my yeah, mama, I don't think, <laughs> but no. hello, so hello, mama bear, yeah, oh, mama bear Tracy. Okay, I see now. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man, I was like, wait a minute, mama, <laughs> <laughs> no, not your mama, <laughs> yeah. but but if you get a chance, go back and watch that because, um, humongous had attacked Jake so much, and humongous wore. This is uh this was around the time of uh, Mad Max Two, the Road Warrior, and okay. there was a, a guy in there called Lord Humongous. That's where they got the idea from. But he wore a metal hockey mask, um, and that's what that's what Lord Humongous wore um, in wrestling. Um, Sid, uh, Sid Vicious, at one point did the gimmick of of Lord Humongous. But anyway. Um, Humongous had jumped on Jake so many times and Jake couldn't do any damage to him because he wore the hockey mask so in this blow off uh, Jake wore his own hockey mask and Humongous couldn't headbutt him and, and you know take him out like he was, he was doing great great match great psychology um, and I just remember that as a kid I was like this shit is great <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man. DNA, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the live chat. Um, oh, man. So, um, what do you what do you want to see or what do you think we're going to see uh, tomorrow on Monday Night Raw? Uh, or do you well, have any, any thoughts on it? I think, you know, we're going to see... Seth Rollins come out and be like, I told you, Cody, I told you I'm the better choice. And I'm glad you decided that you're not going to face Roman at WrestleMania. And you're going to face me, but you're not going to win. And you're going to have a rivalry between those two start off. It should have been. It should have been those two after what happened when Cody got hurt the last time. And Mama Bear wants to see John Cena. Well, I got a little <laughs> I got a little inside tip for you. I was gonna I'm gonna give you a little inside tip for you. Um there is a little rumor going around that uh he's not probably gonna be on Raw. He'll probably be on SmackDown in weeks to come. 
Hey, man, I, I saw an interview. I can't remember. I want to say it was Logan Paul interviewing him. But yeah. he, he asked him about the exchange between him and Rock when he called Rock out about having things written down on his hand. Yeah. Cena, Cena actually said, hindsight, I wouldn't do that. That was unprofessional, and I shouldn't have done that. He yeah. said, because at the time, I was caught up in everything that was going on, and I didn't stop to think of everything that The Rock had going on, how busy he was, the scripts he was reading, all of this. And he's like, he just wrote that down so he wouldn't forget it. And he was like, you know, as is, it lives in infamy. But hindsight, I shouldn't have done it. And I was like, whoa. That's big for them to come out and say that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mama Bear says she wants to see John Cena. She likes The Rock. Hey, well, you're well, gonna, she you're she, she knows she rock. knows what the rock is cooking. She knows what the rock is cooking, so that's all that matters, right? So, oh yeah, everybody loves Stone Cold, man. Oh, everybody loves those old days in the Attitude Era, of course. Man. You know, I always tell people, um, as a fan, and we'll wrap it up here in just a few minutes, but I always tell people, be careful talking about the Attitude Era. Because everybody talks, including myself, I'm guilty of this too. Everybody talks about the Attitude Era like it was the greatest shit in the world. Yeah, we I know. We forget that during the Attitude Era, we had Katie Vick. We had Vince McMahon pulling in, uh, a head out of JR's ass. Yeah. All of that stuff. There was, you know, we had, uh, we had Goldust acting like he had Tourette's. Uh, so, so there was yeah. just as much bad as there was good. I think the thing that makes us remember the Attitude Era fondly is there was just so much talent at the top. And we hadn't seen that, in my opinion, we hadn't seen that since probably the mid-80s with, with Jim Crockett promotions. I, yeah. I, you know, Maybe I'm in the minority on that because – even when, when Hulk was on top when at the beginning of Hulkamania and then, you know, the next couple of years after that. Of course, you had you had Macho Man and you had Hulk. Andre was, was on his way out. Um, yeah. You know, Rick Rude was – I think Rick Rude was around at that time in, in WWF, but not, not at the beginning of Hulkamania. I mean, just a few years later. But oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And the Bella Twins. She likes the Bella Twins, Hill Club. Oh, 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 oh the, the, the stepdaughters of one John Laronitis, who is, uh, yeah, boy, they must be embarrassed now. <laughs> yeah, he, he's up to his neck in shit right now. So, um, yeah, I, I don't dislike the Bella twins. Um, I, I don't knock them because they did the best they could would, or let me, let me back that up. They took what they were given. And did a good job with it. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't knock them. Trish Stratus was, uh, was great. Um, yeah, Trish was great. Uh, Lita was great. Um, I mean, from that era, you had, uh, oh gosh, Ivory. Of course, Ivory was around back in the uh, the eighties and nineties. Yeah, back too. in the days of Glow, she was Tina Ferrari on Glow. Right, I remember. I've seen highlights of that. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh man, 
as a as a let's see i can't remember the exact years of glow but let's just say as a 10 11 12 year old boy um watching glow was a highlight for me (laughs) (laughs) And, and it and it had very little to do with wrestling yeah i know huh oh man um, the Usos, yeah, t- um, uh, Mama Bear, I, I like the Usos. I don't like what they're doing with them right now. I don't like them splitting. No, but um, wait a minute though. But let's let's pause this for the Usos for a moment. It was a given. It was a given how the Royal Rumble started off with Jay number one, Jimmy number two. I was like, it's gonna happen. If Jay's first, Jimmy's coming out next, and then seconds later, Jimmy comes out. I'm like, typical, typical standard of WWE that we already know what's going to happen with that and what's going to happen in Mania. Those two will face each other off. Now, I will I will say I, I do like Jay more than I like Jimmy as a singles. Um, yeah. I, I think they're better together, but I do like Jay as a singles better than I like Jimmy. Yeah, because they're not doing really much with Jimmy in SmackDown, except he's an Aaron boy. That's what they're pretty much doing. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Hill Club, if I can find it, I'm gonna have to send you a um a breakdown of the NOI or NOI family. Oh man, yes, and please how, do. How some of these people in that dynasty aren't necessarily blood related. Really? Yeah. It's just because of the the closeness of some of the people from like way back in the day. Um, you know, like, all right, think about it like this. Like, um, my dad may have had a best friend and he was like uncle John. He wasn't really my uncle, yep. but we called him. A, that's the kind of thing that, that, and it just carried on for generations. Um, wow. I'll try to find that and send it to you. I wanted to, to, um, eat. <laughs> yeah, she said yeet. Um, <laughs> Oh, Tracy, that's good. I'd like yeah, that. I'll, I'll try to find that and send that to you, man. It, it was really interesting because it, it goes, I mean, it does it really quickly, but it kind of lays out who's who and what's what and, and all of that. Very interesting yeah. stuff. So I love talking WWE. Well, 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 yeah, well Mama Bear, next time, every Sunday, come on on here. Yeah. Mama Bear. Every Sunday at 7.05, we are here live on Podbean. We would love to have you join us. I love the fact that you are interacting with us in the chat. We want that. We need that. So please be our guest to come in every Sunday at 7.05. Yes, Eastern Time, Eastern Standard Time. Yes. Uh, Thank Mm -hmm. you for saying that, by the way, because I need to say that for whoever might be listening. Um, (laughs) No, right? From from time to time, uh, we would possibly even have you on to give your opinion if you would like to give your opinion on certain situations. Um, that's that's actually the way I came to know Hill Club. So yes. Um, so every Sunday night, seven oh five Eastern, uh, we're here on Podbean Hill Club. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up because we got about five minutes to two hours. All right, so, sounds great. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, man, um, we're, we're going to keep an eye on this ever-developing uh, lawsuit, federal investigation situation going on with McMahon, Laurinaitis, and, yeah. w- and WWE. Don't forget, folks, 
this isn't just a lawsuit against Vince McMahon. It's a lawsuit against Vince, Laurinaitis, and WWE. Uh, it is a civil case, but as we know, there's also a federal case going on uh, that is, as far as I know, only looking into Vince right now. So we'll, yeah. we'll keep that uh, keep that in our crosshairs and, and catch you up next week with anything that may develop over the week. Uh, Hill Club, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, like I said, and like you said before, it's that little pebble growing down a snow hill coming bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is going to be big. This is going to be bigger than this steroid uh, situation he had years ago back in 92. This yeah. is going to be huge for the company. And this could be the break or make the TKO either stronger or it's going to hurt them down the long run. I honestly, and I'll say this real quick, I honestly don't think it's going to break them. Um, no? I think Ari Emanuel will clean house completely um, yeah. before he lets it crumble. Um, that's just so who, who, would you, who do you think they're going to clean house first, though? Are they going to clean house somebody who was working with Vince, or are they going to well, stay? I, mean, I, think, I think that all depends on what comes out. Um, yeah. So that's all I'll say about it. I think Kurt took the right approach last week, um, reserving an opinion until more things come out. Um, so we'll see, but, um, real quick, three minutes, uh, what you got to say to the people before we get out of here? Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us. Um, I know Brandon and Kurt wanted to be on here and I want to say you guys, thank you for asking me to step in. I appreciate it. And I hope I did a good job for a test run and who knows, maybe the panel will grow bigger and I will be on here more. And that way we all get to sit around and talk about like scandals like this, seeing mid South wrestling, uh, old classic wrestling back in the day. Hey, who knows? But this has been awesome. Everybody for showing up. Thank you. Don't forget, like the show, share the show, leave a comment, spread it around everybody on discord, Podbeam, everywhere. Show this place some love, will you? We appreciate that, Hill Club. And Mama Bear, I didn't, I didn't, or I'm not, rather, ignoring your comment. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for being as active um, while you were healed. While you were healed. Why? While you were healed. No, 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 while you were healed. There you go. <laughs> so, but I just want to say to everybody, um, have a great week. Um, wake up every day and on purpose. Tell yourself it is a good day to have a good day. Yes. Um, so until next week, everybody, hopefully uh, Kurt and Brandon will, will be back with us on next week. And we'll catch up with what was going on with them over the week. Until then, everybody, take care. Be safe.